product mm-hmm. business is really capital intensive. You got order fulfillment, you got product design, mm-hmm. you got marketing. So what we did was actually become super creative in how we funded production. We took turns maxing out our credit card. And I think that's probably one of the smartest things that we did because if going through that process, like I go first and then you're funding the next round of production, it gave everybody a different skin in the game because now it created checks and balances and then we'd rinse and repeat, make a little profit, make a little bit more. That was a huge challenge and a huge Mm -hmm. struggle. Resourcefulness and grit, you have to find a way Mm. to overcome. It's all about not taking no for an answer. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today, we have with us Fola Lawson. Fola is the creative director and co-founder of Southern Gents. Fola began his career in accounting, having graduated in 2009 from the University of Houston with a bachelor's and master's in accounting and obtained his CPA license Shortly thereafter, prior to pursuing his professional career, Lawson always had an avid eye for photography and design and found joy through his artistic expression. Welcome to our show, Fola. Thank you so much for having me, Shahid. It's an honor, my friend. I want to actually get into the story first. So, You were in accounting, right? And it's a big change in what you do now. I'm not putting down accounting at all, but I'm just saying it just sounds a lot more fun (laughs) and what you're doing now. So what inspired, what was that nudge that you got? Can you share that specific situation, that story that you were in when you made the decision? You're speaking about making the decision to transition from accounting to Southern Gents. Because yes. it's a it's a rather complex story, and I'll maybe uh-huh. you can help direct so I can channel the story a little bit better. But when uh-huh. I started Southern Gents, I had graduated from college and I had started working, and it was just this little thing. It was like a side gig, and it was an okay. outlet for creativity because accounting and finance is very technical. It's really all business. Yeah. But Mm. the two are really related. I had been in the professional career for about five years. I was first, I started off in public accounting. So in public accounting, you hop from company to company. You basically see the ins and outs of different kinds of businesses, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's a tech company or an oil and gas company or medical. I was just trying to ascend in my professional career, trying to make, make sure those student loans were having some kind of ROI. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make, Make a decent living. So after Mm. doing that for a few years, I started Southern Gents just because I really started as a blog and a networking mixer. I was looking for places to go after work in a more upscale lifestyle because the only thing around at the time, this was back in 2011, was just nightclubs. And you didn't always want to go to clubs. You're looking for something that you could go to after work to just hang out with friends and network and meet new people. 
So initially, that's how it started. We started doing professional mixers and we used Facebook. I had a couple of friends who were in a similar situation as me, just graduated or had graduated a little bit ahead of me. So everybody just invited their friends to a Facebook event. We made a really nice flyer. And then we tried to find really cool places like a downtown hotel with a nice lounge. And we were like, basically sold them on this event. Like, hey, because they were really slow, right? Like a lot of these hotels wouldn't be booked until the main conference, a big oil and gas conference in town. So we just gave them this pitch like, hey, you guys are not getting that much business. How about we just hold a mixer here? And we don't want anything. We just want access to the space. And they said, yes, we did one event and it took off from there. So we kept doing them. Eventually with the events, we decided to start having pop-up shops where we would sell accessories like bow ties and lapel pins, things of of menswear. But the events were for men and women, just like an after after work networking mixer. And as it kept going, I started, it kept doing well. And I started getting a little bit bored with accounting. Because what people don't understand about accounting is you're really working in the past. So whenever Mm. you're working in accounting, you're working on something that happened last month, last quarter, last year. And I've always wanted to be ahead of the game, like plan. And I always had a creative energy and just more of a marketing mindset. So I was like, this might be something great to try out. And that's how the story goes. And that's how it really started. Mm. And then in 2020, I thought, it's now or never. At the time, I was mm-hmm. I had been married but didn't have kids yet, and I felt like now or never, it's time to see what this brand could really become because I'm also very much a realist, right? And I know that with every, I don't know how much you're into sports, but it's a running back in football, like the that window, that gap closes really fast. First, it looks wide, mm-hmm. but wide open, open for a touchdown. But if you wait too long, it's gone. And I just thought it was a great time to try to go full-fledged with the business and try to take things to the next level. And so far, it's been great. Yeah. I saw some of your work and it is quite creative how you put things together. Yeah. Many years ago, it reminds me, I had this bug. It was silly, but I tell people that there's no dumb ideas or nothing that you could say that's stupid. It's just say what's on your mind. But I wanted to bring back the 70s style. I was thinking that type of style would hit it off again. So I was was daydreaming back then about that. And then when I saw your work, I saw the creativity in it. There was a uniqueness to it because you, I could tell that you would feel like a gentleman when you wear them, right? Most definitely. What is the creative process that you go through when you design a piece? I love that question so much because it's at the ethos of the brand of everything Southern Gents. So the process is always lifestyle because I look at the products that we carry as just a vehicle, as part of people. It's part of people's identity. So we're creating for people and most products are for people. A lot of businesses just don't do as great of marketing effort to communicate Mm -hmm. that. But Mm -hmm. So when you think about apparel and you think about clothes, I think about clothes as a uniform. We all have uniforms. Mm -hmm. We just don't think about them as uniforms. So you have your work Mm -hmm. uniform. You have your weekend uniform. We're much different from women. Like women will go shopping and they're they're buying an outfit for for just this birthday party or this brunch. You know what I mean? But for guys, you pick up your favorite pair of jeans. You're wearing them three to five five days out of the week if you could wear them to work or if you have a lifestyle that's conducive to wearing jeans. So... 
every yeah. part of the every single product goes through a lifestyle design phase just thinking about who is this customer and why does it make sense for him so for example mm -hmm. we have a item for outerwear is one of our biggest categories and we have this product which is a quilted vest and it's sleeveless and that's for people who that's are doing that. a lot of work with their hands so if you're uh -huh. in a creative field or if you are a machinist or if you work in a print facility and it's 50, 40, 30 degrees outside, you want to be bundled up, but you don't really want to have your arms restricted. So we're always yeah. thinking about what do people need? What are people doing? Is this, some products are more of a weekend, have a weekend styling in mind, and some mm -hmm. are fully functional for work and for play. So a lot of it starts with research, thinking about people's careers, what careers fit this product. And then thinking about ways to convey this image and storytelling to the customer. Research again, looking at things that have been done in the past. In the early 2000s and the 90s, magaz magazines were a huge thing in everybody's lifestyles. There were a mm -hmm. ton of work put into editorial photographs or storytelling. And you can look these things up and create inspiration that you can repurpose for your marketing efforts today. So that's how it goes. We start off with the lifestyle and then we figure out how we storytell to connect the dot between mm. how, when we created, when we initially wanted to create the product. And then when we bring that product to market, making sure that we don't forget what that intention is. And that's, that's really critical because the product cycle is so long. A lot of times for many companies, and it's really why you see influencer marketing so popular. It's so mm. exhausting to develop any kind of product, a cell phone, a laptop, a computer, that by the time a company is done bringing that product to, to market, a lot of times their resources are exhausted financially and mentally. And mm. a lot of times company and people forget to properly market. They had a good intention when they created the product, but you got to finish and you got to bring that across the finish line. Being in the work, you naturally become a connector and definitely... What you're saying to me, it intrigues me to help other people dress better and create that feeling that they get from clothing. There is that positivity that you get when you're wearing some nice looking clothes. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to quickly interrupt today's episode to announce something really exciting. I'm doing a five day live launch. July 3rd to July 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's called DIY Do It Yourself Studio Grade Podcast and TV under $100 using AI. I'm blown away at what is happening in my world and I wanted to share it with you all. If you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, I'm going to share everything in this event. You're going to absolutely love it. And I would love for you to be there. Register via the link in the show notes. And then join the private Facebook group called Mindset for Business Success. Thank you so much, everyone. And back to today's episode. Bye. Yeah, I like to, I tell people a lot that we don't sell clothing, we sell emotion and ambition. Mm. So when I you like, think like about that. it, the clothing are just, it's just the way that you package yourself. And there's mm. something that it does to the mind when 
you take control mm-hmm. of your imagery and your appearance, it makes you yeah. more motivated. If you think about yeah. Nike's slogan, just do it. You think about the just feeling when you get a new pair of Nike sneakers, some Air Maxes or some Flyknit or New Balance, whatever you you just want to yeah. do it. You just yeah. want to get out there because yeah. you feel <laughs> you, you feel like you have the superpower. Like you just become became yeah. a superhero of some yeah. sort. And mm. so it's the same mm-hmm. for gentlemen's clothing, whether it's a blazer or especially in the winter time. I think that's the, my absolute favorite because for guys, mm. we we carry these overcoats, and it doesn't matter what you wear it with. You wear it with a sweater. You wear it underneath a suit. It's just going to make you feel like you're going places. And then the funny thing about having great clothing is you start looking for places to go and places to go Mm. doesn't always mean a nice bar. It could mean that now you're signing, you're looking up for conferences and seminars and workshops. Mm. It just Mm. makes you more Mm. ambitious. And so we try to storytell that aspect too in our content, in our social media and online content. We'll show a guy going to a business meeting. We'll show a guy Mm. doing a business deal or going to an Mm. interview because it's just prepping the mind. It's like, when you think about the world, it's, it's really we're going to war every day. People are looking better opportunities. People are looking for deals. What can you control? I'm a big fan of controlling what you can control. And so you think about you get on the road, you got to drive the speed limit. You have a job. You have mm-hmm. to show up at a certain time. Mm-hmm. There's a dress code. So mm-hmm. clothing is one of the few things that we as people actually get to control. So why not take pride in it? make it fun and use it to inspire you to get through the rest of your day, month, your year and conquer whatever Mm. goals you've set for yourself. Love it. Love it. So do you cater to bigger size gentlemen? For example, I'm six, four and 280 pounds, I believe maybe less, give or take. Do you also have those sizes or there are specific more of a petite fitting? It's so our sizing is more of a range size. So what we try to do is we try to create a standard cut and that standard cut, we believe every man, once you get into the art of dressing, you'll learn that. Or if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, we always recommend tailoring. So what we offer is a standardized cut that would fit, fit someone who's short or someone who I'm five, eight. So someone who's six, five and someone who's six, eight, depending on your chest size or different dimensions. You basically, so the number one thing is just figuring out your sizing. So for you, your first task you would do be custom? to figure out. No, we don't do custom. That's a completely okay. different business model. And we can talk more yeah. about that. But essentially figuring out your sizing and then tailoring down or adjusting up your clothing. So we do have items that would fit different body types. It's more of mastering your physique and knowing how to tailor and adjust garments to your body type, if that makes sense. So If you were to Mm. buy a jacket from any brand, in order for you to get it to look the absolute best it could look on you, you would have to go to a tailor. So there's a a huge aspect of customer education when it comes to men's clothing that I think that brands, which creates an opportunity for smaller brands like ourselves, there's an education aspect that's not been uh, addressed. So like you said, which is a perfect question, would you guys have something in store for me? And we have a chat support mm. on our website. It's a big where market. We try still. to big, very big market where we try to help mm. the customer learn more about style and understand Got how it. to properly buy clothes. So it's really an educational mm. aspect. In the long form, the answer mm. is yes. Once we figure out mm. your height, weight, and your chest measurements, we can provide suggestions on what items would suit your body type best. Or hey, pick up this mm. size or size up in this jacket. Visit mm. your local tailor and adjust to your sleeve length, your torso, and all those all that good stuff. Cool. 
So can you tell us or share with us your biggest challenge that you faced when you were starting mm-hmm. Southern Gents? There were so many challenges. I How have you to overcame it. I, I have to. Okay. So let's go with capital because I think that's one that most people can okay. relate to. Yes. And in the product mm-hmm. business, it's really capital intensive. So when starting the business, somehow I had this insight that I would need to have business partners for this to run properly because doing basically a scaled business is difficult and there's a lot of moving pieces. You got order fulfillment, you got product design, you got marketing. I got some business partners involved that I thought would be interested in the business. So that was a huge help. And for capital specifically, when we started and back many years ago, the market was very tight. Now I think it's a lot looser, but to get a bank loan or a line of credit was really difficult. 10, 15 years ago. So what we did was actually become super creative in how we funded production. To be honest, what we figured out was bootstrapping. And and also we were young, we were in our careers, but we also were trying to maybe build our lives and start a family. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we just took, we took turns maxing out our credit card. And I think that's, that's probably one of the smartest things that we did because if Going through that process, like I go first and then you're funding the next round of production, it gave everybody a different skin in the game because now it created a checks and balances to where if you just put $5,000 in your credit card and you felt like everybody was goofing off, what are you going to do? You're going to crack that whip, right? You're going to say, mm-hmm. hey, guys, hey, we ha- really have to market the product. We got it because the plan yep. was to fund production and make sales which then would cover the cost of production and then would rinse and repeat, make a little profit, make a little bit more. So capital, that was a huge challenge and a lot, it's a huge Mm -hmm. struggle. Now in the market, there's a lot of discussion about, there's trending topics of, you could either do crowdfunding or you could do, you could raise capital and everything has pros and cons. You take a loan from a bank, you got to pay that back, right? You take an equity investment for someone, you could never get rid of them, right? Now you have you're married to someone else for life or whether it's a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Capital was one really difficult and it's still difficult for a small business, but I think that there's many ways to be creative. We've also done things like pre-sale, pre-order, which we create a product, market it aggressively to the customers and have them pre-order. So it's pretty much like getting up upfront funding for production. And then we put the items in production. It also gives us a little bit insight of what the demand is looking what colors customers really are interested in, what styles. And yeah, you really just have to be creative with any challenge that you face in business. I think that the best entrepreneurs are essentially the most creative, not in an artistic way, but in Mm. figuring out an orthodox way of thinking about the problems. Resourceful. Mm -hmm. Resourcefulness and grit. You have to find a way Mm. to overcome. I think entrepreneurship is is all about not taking no for an answer. You just figure Mm. it out. And you, so you said mm. something earlier, you talked about dumb ideas, which I don't think ideas are dumb. I'll tell you what I thought was no, a dumb idea. Here. And I had mm. a friend of mine who we went back and forth on this topic when it first came out. So when Uber started, I'm like, that's the dumbest idea ever. You think people are going <laughs> to let their sisters and their wives just yeah, hop yeah. in a random car? And what do we all do now? Yeah. We pick up our phones and it's, hey, I, I just it's called so an true. Uber. Just some, and yeah. it sounds so stupid, but. It's a solution because there's not enough taxis, especially in a city like Houston, 
you probably, you could be in Houston for two weeks and not see one yellow cab. So if you're traveling or your vehicle's in the shop or something happens and you need to find a ride just to get down the street Mm -hmm. on an important meeting or event, Uber is the perfect solution. Perfect. Yeah. There's so many products and services that we use today that people laughed at before when they were being created. The human imagination is beautiful because we bring to life those visions and they change lives and they make people's lives better. And definitely you're making people feel better with your product. Hey man, I'm all about feeling. So that's the goal. Yeah. Feelings are powerful. Yeah. We're, so we powerful. rely on emotion and, and that's why the pandemic was so tough because we lost that human connection. And then you saw the yeah. rates of depression started increasing. And more than yeah. ever, people started, we took basically being an interconnected connected society for granted. But when the pandemic hit, we all realized how much we really need each other, how much we needed interaction. Yeah. Uh, yes. People started hanging out in groups, bike clubs, book clubs, all, yeah. even happy mm. hour, virtual happy hour, there are all kinds <laughs> yeah. of, and so emotion drives the world. It's so mm. funny, but so we seem to forget everything is based on emotion. When you look at the best Super Bowl yeah. commo- commercials, it's the commercials that make you laugh, that make you think about the past and make you motivated. It's mm. the ones that really deliver that emotion and hit on a yeah. personal empathetic, empathetic spot hundred percent. There's something very powerful and special about emotions. And even in business, right? If you're feeling really good about your business and you're feeling excited, enthusiastic, feeling good, you're expecting the best, the results Mm -hmm. are so much better than someone just doubting and worrying. And there's a lot of research being done on feelings and the effects of feelings on DNA and on the outside and all that kind of stuff. So definitely Feeling is a big one. I never knew before. Just let it be in a reactive state. But once you start becoming more self-aware, feeling is a superpower. It really is. And the inverse is true too. When your business is not doing well or when you don't like your job or you're feeling overworked, Mm. you can start to see how it affects people's health, their Mm. mental health, their physical health. And so realizing having this internal measurement stick to know where your feeling mm. is at, doing a mind check, like you informed me over our chat that you meditate. It's a great way to check yeah. your feeling, to be in tune yeah. with yourself, to quiet out the noise. And that's something that mm. I try to, I need to take you up on that and do better myself because I've been oh, wanting to get into sure. moments of, of stillness. There's a book by an author, I don't know if you've heard of him, Ryan Holiday, and it's Stillness is the Key. So it's oh. all about, When you have moments of stillness, which the world is so noisy now, we have all these things going Mm -hmm. on, we have social media, but we really need these Mm -hmm. quiet times to figure out what we really want out of life, what really matters to us. Because once you wake up, there's thousands of things, your phone is going off, you're getting emails, you're getting alerts, and it's like you wake up and you think you want to do this today. And then you look at your phone and then you can't even remember what your plans were if you're not in tune with yourself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, feeling Mm -hmm. feelings are key, whether it's on the business side, on the consumer side, understanding the importance that emotion has over our physical well-being and our psychology is very important. Said, Polo. And I'm definitely going to read that book. I am all about this calmness and stillness. I was never like this before. 
but it only happened when I started looking in the mirror more often, started getting comfortable with the mirror and looking within and finding that stillness, finding that calmness. And that only happened once I went through that transformation from the outside-in paradigm that we're generally kind of programmed or conditioned to be as to a inside-out paradigm. So you interact with the world from inside out. So you're living from inside out. Everything is coming from here. So it changes everything, especially how you spend your days, how you feel throughout the day. And feelings are a, a big component, like you mentioned, about health. It actually triggers. You take that kind of frustrations out in your family, friends, just keeps with you that vibration. So it's very important to elevate that vibration. I, I completely agree. And to take that a step further, even trying to redefine our feeling, right? If you're feeling afraid, what does that really mean? Fear is just a signal of danger. And then mm -hmm. I've trained myself how far are you when I'm it? having moments of, how far am I taking what? No, I'm saying like fear, how far are you going to take that? It's supposed to be just there for a, just to warn you, people live in that, right? Exactly. And so fear is a animalistic, it's a primal emotion. Mm. It's basically teaching us fight or flight. Do you need to, do you need to flee or do you need to stay and defend yourself? And that's such a, mm. it's such a primal instinct because most people mm. are afraid of things that aren't really dangerous. Most people are no. afraid of starting something. Most people are, I used to be afraid of yeah. speaking in front of a crowd. I had mm. huge public speaking fears and I had to start mm basically thinking about what is the worst that I, that could possibly happen, right? Okay. I get mm. up on stage and I get laughed at. Okay. I stumble mm -hmm. on a couple of words or I misspeak yeah. and say the wrong thing. The first thing is nobody will probably remember. So you start yeah. weighing the alternatives of, yeah. okay, I'm afraid. So I don't go and take these opportunity. And I think about the worst case of failing at that opportunity. And then on the other hand, not taking the opportunity at all. Once you start weighing and rationalizing your emotions and trying to mm. basically translate your emotion, what they really mean, sometimes they're mm. leading us in the right direction. So mm. whenever I'm afraid now, I know that I'm here to heading down the right path because it's just, it's in, it's a discomfort and life is all about embracing yes. challenges and being comfortable, being uncomfortable, with, if that makes uh, yeah, sense. Yeah, comfortable. hundred percent comfortable with uncomfortable, hundred percent, because once you make that a habit and once that becomes your normal state that, Hey, I'm cool with that. I used to be afraid of cameras. I didn't want to be in front of a video camera. Look what you I and do me now, both. right? <laughs> yeah. It was great talking to you today, Fola. It was wonderful to share your message and what you do. I wish you all the growth and success and definitely going to be checking out your products and appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I hope uh, your listeners appreciated this episode. And uh, yeah. yeah, we have to face our fears and we have to really think about when it's all said and done, most of us are going to wish that we did something different. Mm. Life is all about, to me at least, eliminating regret. So if there's something mm. that you want to do, if there's something that you want to start, don't wait till it's too late. Think about what you could be doing yeah. today and start now. 
Perfect. Fola, thank you. Audience, thank you for having me. Great. It was a pleasure being on your podcast. And yeah, it was, it was I hope great. You do, there'll be a part two of this soon. <laughs> no, for sure. Just send us an email for sure. Definitely. If you're launching something new and you want to, you know, chat, I love meeting people. I love chatting with people, especially good people. So definitely. Yeah. Just let us know. Audience. Thanks again for joining us for another episode with Fola here. His information is going to be in the show notes. You heard him. If you're thinking about doing something, if you're trying to wait for that day, when that happens, I will do that. And if you're suffering from that, it's that first step. It might be fearful. It might be difficult. But just take that first step and you will see as you face those fears, you will start becoming comfortable with that. And you'll start wanting to do more and more. It gets really exciting at some point. And then after that, it's just you become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for so much for helping us grow. And we'll see you next time. And thank you, Fola. Thank you.